All right, Jacques Howard, I'm coming to you from the LBOT, Library Boxes of Trenton podcast at Classics Books and Gifts in downtown Trenton on West Lafayette Street. And we're across the street from the former hotel. And I'm with Naisha Kelly, who is an author, a writer, and a spoken word artist as well. And she is the founder of Koi Magazine. Naisha, thanks for a couple of minutes of your time. Thank you. Sure, let's um, let's... Jump right into it. Um, I know recently you signed on to be an intern at Trenton 365, and I'm super stoked about that. I'm glad to have you on board. Thank you. Um, you and Vaughn are an amazing team. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how things shake out in a couple months when he leaves for school. You'll be the senior intern in the house. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> Literally, right? Um, so so you gave a very good summary um, when you were on the Trenton 365 show uh, at, over WIMG 1300 and WPHY TV. Um, but I'd like for you to share a bit about more specific about you as a writer, you know, here through the Library Boxes of Trenton LBOT podcast. Okay. So um, I know you had mentioned that you started writing at a very young age and that you were always fascinated by writing. Can you just uh, rehash that? Well, before I learned my love of writing, I learned my love of reading. And I will read these amazing stories. And I'll never forget, I think the book was called Jessica the Rabbit. I can't remember who it was by. So I wrote a book called Joycey the Rabbit and changed the storyline. I had to be like six or seven. And I'm writing this book and I really like it. And I'm like, I love to read it and I love to write. And I find that for me, writing over the years has really helped me get through some really rough times. And for me, writing, writing it down makes it real. Like when you're going through certain stuff, it makes it real. So I've always loved writing because it was my escape mm. from my reality. You know, for a while I was going through something as a child, I was being abused. And I um, would write in my journal, but I was careful not to write about what was going on. I knew to keep it a secret and keep it so nobody else would know, so nobody else would be ruined. And it just hurt me because I was keeping secrets. And with my writing, I don't like not writing about something because I want to be true to myself and true to my story. So over the years, I kept writing, like I said, um, and it got me through, you know, being abused and everything like that. And then um, when I was 21 with my daughter, I wound up telling my family what was going on, Hmm. you know, and their reactions weren't all great, but it was like a huge bulk was took off my shoulders because I got tired of keeping secrets Mm. and I wasn't writing about it so it wasn't real it was just like maybe I went through that maybe I didn't but it really hurt me because writing for me is very cathartic it helps me through a lot of things so for me I it's always been in my blood to write when I went to college the first time I majored in fashion design and everybody was like but you write why are you doing fashion design you're such a good writer but I had like given up on myself Mm. And then I came back to Trenton, you know, I had my daughter, and then I started getting back on the poetry scene. Because it was just starting, was just rising in Trenton. And I can remember going to open mics. <laughs> my stage name was Sweet Nectar. Sweet <gasps> Nectar? <laughs> yes, I don't know where I got that from. But anyway, I would do poetry, and I loved it. But I doubted myself as a poet because, like, the host of these events I would go to sometimes, they would see me as, like... Oh, she all right. She do poetry, whatever. And they would, like, critique my work on a hot mic in front of everybody. And they would say negative things about it, like, oh, well, you shouldn't say this or you shouldn't say that. I'm like, you don't do that in front of everybody. You pull me to the side if you don't like something I said. But writing, our art is 
gets interpreted many different ways by many different people. It affects everybody differently. So just because you don't like it don't mean the audience don't like it. You can't. You know, so I got discouraged and I stopped writing. And then I don't know how I discovered Classics Bookstore, but I did. And it's been the best thing that has happened to me writing-wise. I've grown. My mentor, Todd, pushes me beyond my boundaries sometimes. Because I'd be like, I'm not comfortable. I don't know. He's like, he takes my Grantham saying, which is, nervous is for rookies. Mm. So that's what I have to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because I always have to think about that. Like, everybody going to have nerves about something. Speaking in front of people is hard. Writing about your story is hard. But the way I see it with my book, Remnants of a Shattered Soul, I'm telling my story. And hopefully someone who has either gone through it or is going through it knows that there's a way out. Mm-hmm. You can say no. When it was going on, I didn't know I could say no. I didn't. So I didn't say no. I let it happen because I didn't want it to happen to anybody else. You know, um, I, I want to jump in and, and mm-hmm. make sure that you know, I publicly say um, I appreciate you being candid and uh, also to encourage you to continue to tell your story. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's super important for all of us to uh, recognize what reality is for a lot of people. Um, you were in the studio on Tuesday night. Um, Kim D. Wachowski was telling of her story. Earlier than that, Tona Buck was on and she was telling a bit of her story. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a narrative that we're hearing all the time that it's just like things that are happening in the rest of society that may have been happening um, under wraps or in silos. Yes. We are recognizing that this is this is this happens way too often for too many people and it behooves us to think about how we're going to address this going forward. Yes. And I think opportunities like the three people I mentioned, you, Naisha Kelly, Kim D. Witkowski, Tona Buck, for you three that I personally know who are out there spreading this message and, and trying to provide opportunities for people to share their stories and not feel um, as though they're uh, not feel as though there's no hope. Right. That there is. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Um, share your contact information and then I want to jump in. I got a couple of other questions for you. Okay. So you can reach me on Facebook page, Koi Magazine. That's all caps, C O Y, all caps, magazine. You can check me out on WordPress, koimagazine.wordpress.com. I'm on Facebook under my name and Twitter is Koi Magazine. And so is Instagram. Awesome. So, so thank you. So check Koi, me out. Koi Magazine, C-O-Y Magazine mm-hmm. on most social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and um, um, so many uh, other people coming forth, telling their stories, removing that veil. Um, do you feel as though that, that that's an opportunity for, for us to heal from all of this? Um, just what's your perspective on that? I don't know. Now that I'm older, I have this thing about when I was writing about being abused. And the thing I say is shame the devil, shame the pedophile that touched you. You know, don't take all that shame that you had of it happening to you and just soaking it in, soaking it in. Speak out about your truth. I'm not saying you have to write a book, but let your truth be known. And release it, you know, because it's a shame because you have this Me Too movement and some people understand it to be people out and people, you know, just trying to destroy lives. But they're trying to get their own selves together because when you go through something like that, that trauma stays with you. It carries over. When you can let it go, 
that's the best thing you could do for yourself. Like this happened to me, but that's didn't make me who I am. I'm strong enough that I can get through to this. So this Me Too movement, I think in a way, it's a good thing because a lot of people were going through stuff, and it was just like a rite of passage to some people. Like, oh well, that's okay that such and such, and such touched you. It did that to me too. So you know, you're gonna be all right. You know, and we gotta have the conversation about how this stuff is not right. Mm-hmm. How people are being victimized, male and female, you know, and they have a right to not be victimized. Just because you're on a power, you're here, doesn't make them there. You're, you're not superior to them. You can't treat them like they they don't matter, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of people want me too to go away, you know. But we need that because we need more people to be vocal about what they're going through. Because if they're not, it's going to be a vicious cycle that keeps continuing and trickling down. And it's just going to hurt more people. All right, great. Thank you for that perspective as well. Um, I wanted to transition and chat a little bit before we finish up mm-hmm. about um, fashion. Um, mm-hmm. I know you had mentioned that you had gone to school um, for fashion and that you are a very fashionable, fashionably dressed person. You've, you've been a model in, in some of the events and things that I've done as well. Um, I want you to talk about your fashion style. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with Dress for Success. Okay. And uh, do you have anything coming down the pike regarding fashion and some writing? Oh, cool. So, um, let me first start off by saying I was not always a girl that knew how to dress <laughs> or liked to get dressed. Gotcha. You know, my mom puts the... I come from a family of six. I have um, four, three sisters and a brother and my other brother passed. But, um, yeah. I would get hand-me-downs and all that kind of stuff. I never really wore what I wanted to wear. I wore what I was told to wear. And then when I got to college, even though I was taking fashion design classes and wasn't passing them, I was learning about fashion through modeling in college, you know, doing stuff with them because I had never modeled before. So I tried it out, and I really liked it. And I found that I could escape. It was another way to escape, you know, like being in my head all the time. And I loved that. I fell in love with fashion. I guess you could say after I had my daughter. I was like, okay, you can't just walk around looking like anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so slowly, at first it was to be accepted, to be fit in. I was still trying to fit in. You know, because when I was younger, I was teased because I didn't dress nice. You know, my hair looked funny. You know, that kind of thing. And I still wanted to be the in crowd. And then something said to me one day, like, no, that's not why you do this. You do this for you. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I have the saying, a woman I want her to be, I have to be. So I say, you can't fake the funk. You can do it with everybody else, but not with her, because she'll know. And so I just started really listening to my own self about fashion and just doing my own thing. And that gave me more courage to be myself. So I was like, you know, for so long, I tried to be down with everybody else and do what they do and get accepted. And I wasn't getting accepted. And I was never going to get accepted because I had to accept myself first. So I got into clothes. I got into being natural. And it changed me. It made me a stronger, better woman and a better mother. Because I was honest with my truth. Like, hey, I'm not a curvy girl, but, you know, we're going to work it out anyway. You know? And, like, when I get dressed in the morning, I'm like, should I wear this? Should I wear this? Where would you want to wear You make your own rules. Mm. And I had to really stress that to myself. So I would look in the mirror. And you know how they tell you, look in the mirror and do an affirmation. For a long time, I couldn't do that. I could look in the mirror and be like, oh, let me fix my hair right quick. Okay, I'm out. But, like, to do introspection and, you know, and, like, to really connect with myself, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it. 
But then, you know, after becoming a mom, I had to change my situation. You know, sometimes you change because you want to. And sometimes you change because you have to. And I had to change. You know, and people don't realize, like, when they have kids, the impact. What you say to yourself, how it impacts your kid. Mm -hmm. Like, at times, I would be like, oh, I'm fat. And my daughter would be in the mirror. And she'd be like, oh, I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. I'm like, what? Where you get that from? You, mom, you said it. So that's when I knew. Because uh -uh. my mom, when we were younger, would always say, do as I say, not as I do. But I couldn't get on with that. Because I was like, no, they have to see me doing exactly what I say I'm going to do. You know? And so I, I had to change the narrative of how I talk to myself. That's why I always tell people, watch how you talk to yourself. Hmm. You know, because sometimes we take that negativity that people give us and we internalize it. You know, and like, I still get frustrated sometimes. Like, I'll go places and people are like, why she dressed? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Why she ain't got her own pajamas? It's too early for that. And have friends check me, call yourself checking me about, why you always got to be dressed up? And finally I said to somebody, it's not that I have to be dressed up. This is how I like to dress. This isn't for anybody but for me. This is what I need for myself. You know, and if you can't accept that, then, you know, because people get a certain air about you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not you, it's them and their insecurities. But I said all that to say, when I discovered Dress for Success, I had I was watching the E! channel and Kamora Lee was having a thing where she was getting women job ready and giving them makeovers and stuff. I'm like... Wow, this is such a cool organization. But too bad we don't have one where we're at. So a couple of years later, I went to One Stop Career Center. And I was trying to get a, a new job. And I was trying to get an interview. And they directed me to Dress for Success. And I went there. And they welcomed me with open arms. And they dressed me for my interview. And got me interview ready. And I, really liked, I didn't get the job. But it was because it was a hiring freeze. It wasn't because I was a bad candidate. <laughs> But, um, and they were telling me about their power women's group. Well, I'll call it power women's group. It's a professional women's group where they meet every second Wednesday at Dress for Success on 3131 Princeton Pike, Building 4. Mm. And, um, I started going, but I wasn't really immersing myself in it. I was just kind of like still, because I had an issue with women that are, I think, are superior to me. Just because of somebody's title, I would make myself inferior. And I had to. I didn't know how to get past that. But Dress for Success taught me how to get past that. They taught me how to be professionally stronger in my spot. You know, and, and I really appreciate them for that. And that's why anything they, they ask of me, I'm there. Cause they were there for me when I didn't even know how to be there for myself. Because it wasn't just about getting me job ready and financially literate. It was about changing me, helping me change on a whole scheme not just like a little bit but my whole I had to do a 360 basically gotcha. and they helped me with that and um I don't know if the audience knows but I was their success ambassador for 2018 I went to June I went to Miami in June first time on the plane <laughs> um and it was the greatest experience ever like I just they had workshops like all day every day and one story I like to tell about it is we're having a meet and greet the first day we're there, right? So they give us makeovers and all that kind of stuff. And we're all sitting around talking to each other. And I was speaking to this woman named Linda. And we're steady talking, you know, and I figure she's one of us, an ambassador like us. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, I'll see you tomorrow. She was like, okay, no problem. Gave her my business card. You know, I was like, let's stay connected. So the next day I come in 
and we're sitting there and we're getting ready for a panel, who do I see on stage? Linda. Mm-hmm. And when she says out her mouth and she's the editor-in-chief of O Magazine, I nearly hit the floor. I was like, what? And you know I was soaking in everything she said and a lot of people ran up to her after that. But I was like, you didn't, I didn't know. She's like, that's perfect. She's like, and I want that book when it comes out. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, I gave her my business card and I know who she was. I just thought she was an ambassador like us. Because the way they set it up, we didn't know who was doing the speaking. They were in the crowd like they were one of us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Thank you for that. And um, Dress for Success, I think it's uh, high time for you to do a bit more with Naisha Kelly and uh, Corey Magazine. And, and hopefully we can get at least the Mercer County chapter yes. to be more supportive of, of, of some of your future endeav- endeavors. Um, let's talk about fashion writing. Is that something that, that you foresee happening in the near future? I've never even thought about it. And that's weird because I really love to dress and I really love getting cosmopolitan and essence and looking at the fashions that people are wearing. Oh, and I love Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I love Pinterest. When I see something I want to wear, I go to Pinterest first. So that would be cool because I do like fashion and I love writing. Why not infuse the two? That's fantastic. Sounds like a good idea. Well, Naisha Kelly, um, current Trenton 365 intern, also a writer, a performing artist, a spoken word artist, um, and a survivor of abuse. Thank you so much for a couple minutes of your time. Thank you.